Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 58 from Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host, Wa'il, and it is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a privilege that I'm able to talk to you about the religion of Islam and that we're able to explore the religion of Islam together and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing me to share my knowledge with you guys. Thank you so much for your kind feedback and for your questions and suggestions. And speaking of which, if you have any questions or suggestions please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com again delvingintoislam at gmail.com and i will get back to you as soon as possible inshallah uh, now this podcast is for everyone uh, whether you are remotely curious about the religion of islam or whether you are thinking about becoming a muslim or whether uh, you uh, just became a Muslim, uh, or whether you are already a Muslim and you want to learn more about the religion of Islam, this podcast is for you, inshallah. And uh, for those of you who are fasting, uh, 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 happy Ramadan and Ramadan Mubarak, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, uh, accept from us all the good deed uh, and accepts from us all the fasting in such a blessed month uh, you know for those of you who are fasting uh, now we are in you know in the month of uh, Ramadan and uh, I hope that you know before we start fasting that we repent and uh, uh, ask Allah's forgiveness for our past sins whether we know those sins or not we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his uh, forgiveness uh, and to have a clean slate so we can collect as much uh, rewards as we can in the month of Ramadan. Uh, if you guys, uh, you know, uh, for those of you who do not know a lot about the month of Ramadan, please go back to uh, my previous episode uh, with the title Explaining Ramadan. And I think, uh, inshallah, you'll find all the answers there. Um, and yeah, and with that being said, let's get right into to today's topic and today's topic is you know in the sight of uh, 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 the, talking about the biography of the prophet وسلم, and you know the the, the 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 belief in in all the early muslims and how you know strongly they believed in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, and his messenger prophet muhammad وسلم, uh, sometimes we uh, as muslims nowadays which is sometimes some of us uh, feel nothing. Some of us feel nothing. Some of us uh, pray. Some of us uh, 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 read Quran. And we, we really don't feel anything, right? And this could be due to a lot of, you know, a lot of reasons. Um, but uh, what triggered me talking about today's topic is actually uh, a question uh, by our, uh, our dear listener and our sister, Sukaina, who emailed me and asked me, you know, regarding this this issue, and she was concerned about, you know, such a thing. And um, basically, Sukaina, uh, uh, she was taking her uh, driver's test, and uh, uh, she failed a couple times, and she was upset, and she felt distant from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, because you know she kept on failing for you know some minor reasons and, and trivial reasons and uh, she knows she's a good driver and afterwards that uh, simply made her um, not feel anything and when when she she engages in 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 uh, conversations about the religion or about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala she feels nothing right so so kindness is she's ha she has one aspect of of the, the overall 
problem. So she, something happened to her. Uh, she felt some sort of way. Um, but some people actually, uh, this is even worse, and we'll address both inshallah. But some people actually have this without a reason, without a cause. Nothing, hap- nothing bad happens to them. They just don't feel anything. You know, they read Quran and they feel nothing. They they pray, they feel nothing. They fast and their Ramadan comes in, they feel nothing. They don't feel, you know, the blessings and the incredible, you know, uh, blessings uh, of that month. And, you know, uh, uh, they just don't feel anything. And, and this doesn't have to be for a reason. Uh, sometimes it just happens and people actually get frustrated. And, and, and Sukaina is not the first person who uh, who would come to me, who, who came to me and told me this. I have a few Muslims who... Uh, brothers and sisters who came to me and they say uh, they said that we we don't feel anything when we pray i'm not feeling this this you know i'm not, I'm not feeling emotional or, or, or passionate about what i'm doing and i i don't have that connection i don't know what's going on and i had someone who's telling me i read quran a lot i actually memorize a lot of the quran but when i'm reciting it i i, I don't know i i don't i know quran is the, the the most blessed book on in this existence yet i don't feel anything regarding you know when i'm reading it or, or so forth and 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 this is a very very deep topic this is again so kind of you're not the only one and i know so kind of is not she's not from that category she's not like out of nowhere i have no uh, I, I I have no emotions towards Islam, or I just no. Something happened to her that made her a little bit distant, and 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 and, and this is actually this case is a lot better than other cases. You know, this case is a lot better than uh, other cases that for something happened. You know, sometimes when when like I, and I've been with people when they get angry they don't pray. Like prayer time comes and and they don't they don't want to pray. You know, and 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 uh, because of their anger and and you know that happens to a lot of people. Not it's uh, it's not right. But I'm saying that happens, you know, uh, and there are ways to correct that. So, for example, in, in Sukaina's case, she told me in an email that she was concerned, that actually scared her, that she doesn't feel anything uh, and she feels some sort of, you know, she, she feels that she's distant from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's a great sign. The fact that she is scared because of that is a great sign. You know, uh, when when you feel distant from Allah, when you feel nothing, you're emotionless when it comes to the religion of Islam, when it comes to you know praying or reciting Quran, and it's okay to you, that's more concerning than when you are actually afraid. When you, Actually, being scared because of that is a sign of faith. You know, if you didn't care, then you would have been scared, right? But caring is a sign of iman. It's a sign of faith. And our sister here cares. Obviously, she cares because you know she's 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 trying to address the situation. She's trying to figure out what to do now. In 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 Sukaina's situation, um, what happened is sometimes things happen and don't go our way, and then we blame it on Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. This is we're all guilty of that. Sometimes we're like, why why did this happen? This is actually a really bad thing to do. Now. Sukaina is not blaming it on Allah. She knows that, you know, uh, this is Qadr and everything, but she felt like, you know, things could have gone better for her. Like she felt like, you know, I could have passed the test maybe after the second time, you know, not, you know, failing four times. But here's the thing, you, you know, you should put in consideration that you do not know Allah's wisdom. I mean, we talked about this a lot. You do not know Allah's wisdom. And because you do not know Allah's wisdom, you cannot assume that it's a bad thing by default. 
So you cannot automatically assume this is bad because I didn't, because, you know, I failed a couple of times that, that something is bad. I don't have a connection with Allah or, you know, Allah is, is, is mad at me or you don't know. You cannot assume that simply because you do not understand Allah's wisdom, right? So the case could be you're just making mistakes. It's purely you. This is your problem. Yes, you're a good driver, but guess what? Even good drivers fail, uh, you know, uh, driving uh, tests because of trivial things. You know, maybe you're overconfident or maybe you are too stressed. It could be one of the opposites, you know. You could be too stressed or overconfident and that's why you fail. Uh, 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 you know, it's it could be so many reasons. And like, for example, for example, <clears throat> when we uh, go and, and you know, uh, like uh, take a test at college or, 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 you know, at school and you don't study. I'm not saying that's the case with you, Sukaina, but I'm saying, let's let me just give you an example. And then I fail. Because I didn't study, I didn't even open a book when it, you know, regarding this the subject, and I failed. I can't say number one, Allah did that to me. Number two, I can't say it's my qadr as well. Yes, it is your qadr, but you cannot blame it on the qadr. Because guess what? Every evil human being will blame it on the qadr. On and qadr by qadr, I mean destiny. For those of you who do not know what qadr means, qadr means des- destiny. You can't say I was destined to be evil. Right, in in this is in general, because at the end of the day, what, what is that supposed to mean? You know, what is that supposed to mean? You're basically putting your failures uh, on the whole uh, thing of destiny instead of you know trying to better yourself, trying to be some. Because guess what? If you are a good human being, if you study and you pass the test, it is still your qadr. It is still your destiny to pass. You choose your destiny. The choice is up to you. Allah gave us the choice. So you cannot, you know, you can't just go to, to the test, not try to study and fail and be like, oh, wow, I was meant to fail all along. That was a lost plan. Does it work that way? No, you study, you do your best. And if you fail, you say, I failed up to wisdom that Allah only knows. I do not know. It was never meant for me to pass because you did your best. Because if that's the case, we can do horrible things and say, I was always meant to do that, right? Destiny doesn't work that way. Because you do not know your own destiny. You know what I mean? You do not know what happens to your future. So you can't act upon, oh, well, I was always meant to fail. Allah always wanted me to fail. You don't know that. You know what I mean? So that's number one. You have to do your best when it comes to, you know, seeking the means. You have to seek the means. We believe in Allah's qadr. We believe in Allah's destiny 1 billion percent. But Allah tells us, uh, you know, you have to work for it, then accept Allah's fate. You know, that's, that's how it works. You have to do your best, then accept the, the outcome. No matter what it is, you have to accept it because that's part of belief. That's part of your iman. That's part of your faith as a Muslim. So your failing the test could be due to many reasons that have nothing to do with Allah. Allah might not be the one. Allah is allowing you to fail. That doesn't mean Allah is making you fail. And Allah is allowing you to fail maybe due to an error that you're making yourself. You know what I mean? So that's number one. That could be the case. Another case, because again, we, we don't know. I'm just giving you options because 
We literally do not know what happened there, you know? Another option is maybe Allah wants you to get closer to Him by making you fail. Sometimes, you know, there are blessings in disguise. We believe in that 100%. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us fail in something so we could be better people. And then it's up to Allah we could, you know, pass and succeed in it. Or not, maybe we'll move on to something else. Again, because Allah wants good for us. So maybe Allah wanted you to pray more. Maybe Allah wanted you to make more sincere dua, you know, sincere supplication. Ask Him sincerely. Get closer to Him. That happened to me personally, you know. Sometimes, I, I, like, I remember one time I was studying for, for an exam and it was really difficult. I could not comprehend it. And I kept studying, looking at different sources and resources and it was not working out for me and I was getting really frustrated. And then guess what? I, I paused and I was like, who can help me with this? It's Allah. Let me go back to Allah sincerely. Sincerely. I did my best. I'm trying my best here. Number one. That's the number one condition, right? Do your best. I did my best. And now I turn to Allah. Allah help me. I can't. I don't know what to do. Now I asked Allah for help. I asked Allah for help. I was sincere about it. Because that's key by the way. I was sincere about it. And I was like, Allah, I'm going to be a better person. Just help me with this test. And I passed. And I realized maybe Allah made me get frustrated or made it hard for me to, you know, to understand that subject just to go back to him and ask for his help. Now, Sukaina said that she did that too. You know, she made dua to Allah. You know, she's trying to get closer to Allah. It still didn't work. By the way, not every time you make the dua, don't expect it to be accepted by Allah right away or at all. Again, for a wisdom that you might not know. Maybe Allah wants you to do both. To do your best, focus, you know, go back to Him, you know, collect yourself and take it again. Maybe it's just a test. That's the third option. What if it's just a test? To see how would you react under frustration. Also, that happens to all of us. Sometimes things don't go our way and we're like, why is this not going our way? Oh Allah, why, why, why? That's a major sin right, right away. When you're wondering about Allah's wisdom, it's different from questioning Allah himself when it comes to the wisdom. So for example, when you say, oh, that's interesting. Oh, I wonder why I failed. You know, in, in, in a good manner, it's different from, oh Allah, you, why did you do that to me? Number one, Allah didn't do anything bad to you. You know, you cannot talk to Allah like that. And we're talking internally here. This is between you and yourself, right? Right? And you can't get angry at Allah. And you can't feel distant on Allah for something that's so trivial. You know, a test regarding anything is nothing. The ultimate test is the one that matters. Not a driving test not a college test. All these are important, don't get me wrong. But they're nothing compared to the ultimate test, which is worshiping Allah, getting close to Allah, and trying to, you know, get through this life until the hereafter. So we can get safely to a good spot in the hereafter. 
So tests of this world, like a driving test or like a college test or, you know, whatever, a school test are not to be used or don't make them compromise your relationship with Allah. Do not make these type of tests because you're not, because you're failing in them, make you distant from Allah. That's not the approach of a believer. Again, we're all guilty of that at a certain point. You know, this is not just so kind of, this is me that happened to me. You know, that happened to my wife, that happens, happened to friends of mine. Every, all Muslims, were, it, it, we, we have our bad days. But we have, you have to pause and think. What is more important? Getting close to Allah will always make you a winner. If, if you don't see the results of you getting close to Allah in this life, you will definitely see it in the hereafter. You're always a winner when you're close to Allah. You can never lose when you're close to Allah. It might look like you're losing. It might look like you're not winning yet. But that's not the case. Allah tells us this. Allah says in the Quran, those who are with Allah, those who are close to Allah, Hizballah from the group of Allah, meaning the believers, they are the true winners in this life and in the hereafter. Allah is telling you this in the Quran. You'll never lose. So do not let anything from this world, whether it's failing a test, whether it's the death of a loved one, whether it's you know uh, losing money or you know becoming uh, uh, less fortunate when it comes to materials, you know whether it's uh, uh, you know uh, problems uh, 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 you know problems with your family, do not let any of these worldly stuff make you lose that relationship between you and Allah. Do not let any of this compromise that relationship. That's the character of a believer. Something bad happens to you over and over and over again. You are patient and you ask, always ask Allah for help. Even if you don't get the answer right away, you know that Allah is listening. And we all know that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, When you ask for my help, I will answer. But now, Allah might answer in a way that you do not understand. Again, not because you underst- not because you do not understand Allah's wisdom, that doesn't mean that it's something bad happening to you or, or that, that Allah is not answering you or Allah is not answering your dua or your prayers. That's not true. You know, that's not true. Allah is telling you, I will answer your dua. In a way, that Allah only understands. Again, this could be a test for you to test your patience with Allah. Pass that test and you'll see how Allah will reward you. Again, if not in this life, it will be in the afterlife. Now, we we all know that there's no way you're going to keep taking that test and you're going to fail. Inshallah, you won't. Collect yourself and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, for forgiveness for you feeling distant from him for being distant from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and repent to him and ask for his help and inshallah everything will be great again bad things happen to us all the time number 1 don't blame it on Allah number 2 do not let it affect your relationship with Allah and that's how the smart people are by the way the smart people are always looking at the bigger picture they're not looking at you know uh, under the feet 
you'll always look at the big picture here. What is the big picture? Making Allah pleased with you, you know, getting closer to Allah until the day you die. Because after that, this will make you be saved on the hereafter. Being close to Allah, fulfilling Allah's commands, have a good relationship with Allah will be the only thing, of course, besides Allah's mercy, that would save you on the day of judgment. Compromising something that's so it's it everything is gone. Remember, my dear brothers and sisters, we, we discussed this numerous times on the podcast. And I'll say it again. Everything that you think you own in this life is gone. Anything you do not own a thing. You know, you do not own anything. And anything you think you own, either you will be taken away from it and or it will be taken away from you. We we made that example so many times. If you own the best, the biggest and the largest house or the best car in the world, you tell me, you walk me through how this is going to end up. Either you will die while you're still owning it. Hence, you're not owning it anyway because you're dead, right? You don't own anything. You're dead. You just go meet your Lord with nothing but your deeds. That's number one. Number two, it will be taken away from you before you die. Either you're going to sell it or you're going to switch it with something else. Again, you, you don't own it anymore, right? You do not. The, 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 and you have to put this. We have the illusion of that we own stuff. We are entitled to stuff as human beings in general, not just Muslims. We feel that we own something. No, you don't. No, you don't. And we're not entitled to. The fact that you eat on a daily basis is a tremendous amount of blessings. It's an insane you know, amount of blessings just to be able to eat and survive every single day. You have to think for one second. If Allah stopped sending you provision, food or money to buy food. Think about it for one second. How will your life look like? Miserable. And it will lead to pain, physical pain. And you might die from it. So the fact that you go home and you eat and you drink and you have a cozy bed and a lot of humans don't have that. Many humans don't have that. Look at the refugees. Look at certain countries, you know, across the world. They don't have that. They sleep in tents. On the coldest night, they sleep in a tent. No heat, no nothing. And they have a, they have a shared bathroom. And on the hottest day, they sleep in a tent. You are blessed to have a house. You are blessed to have food that you could eat. You are blessed to have anything that you own right now. Again, you think that you own. We just said, you don't own anything. But you're blessed that you're surviving. Allah is blessing you with so many things that you take for granted as a human being. You feel that you're entitled to that. But you're not. And you shouldn't take it for granted. You know? This is really important to think about that. So when, when I get upset that I, for example... Uh, I failed in a test, or I get upset 
that you know uh, uh, my marriage that I wanted the person that I wanted to marry uh, it didn't work out when I get upset that I, I have a small apartment when I get upset that my car is old really you should not be upset for any of these reasons because they are trivial to the grand scheme of things you should be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for these things that you think they're bad. Do you think they're not up to standard? Who told you? Who gave you the standard? You're alive. You're eating. You're drinking. You're surviving. You're worshipping Allah. And above all, you're a Muslim. You believe in Allah and Allah alone. That is the biggest blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given us. You should be happy every single day for waking up as a Muslim. Now, we, we, we moved on from, you know, now I address the fact that, you know, when something bad happens to you, you believe that, you, you, you feel some sort of way uh, about the religion, about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, feel distant, with, 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 not intentionally. You know, it just happens to you. Think about these things before you decide to be distant or before you feel that you're distant so you can put yourself in check. That's, by the way, that's what we should do all the time. We should put ourselves in check all the time. When we do something wrong, we should put ourselves in check. Remind ourselves with the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given us. And remind ourselves with what's really important in this life. What really matters. We have to focus on that. And everything else will come. Do what you have to do. Worship Allah, pray to Him, ask Him for forgiveness. Ask Him for what you want sincerely. That's key, sincerely. Do your best in whatever you want to do in your, your, your driving test, your college test, and then leave the rest up to Allah. And whatever comes after you did all that and you left it up to Allah, you have to accept it. And if you have the ability to repeat it again to fix it, go ahead and do it. And if you don't, then accept Allah's destiny accept Allah's qadr upon you it's that simple you know and again we're all guilty of that all of us are and that's the beauty of our religion Allah forgives and Allah tells you how to put yourself in check and Allah tells you how to get through things that's the beauty of our religion alhamdulillah now comes the more dangerous part which is those who feel nothing those who feel absolutely nothing without anything bad happening to them. In a way, I have the same answer for you. Remind yourself, appreciate what you have, that it's all coming from Allah. Appreciate what you have. You know? Appreciate that you're being a Muslim. Allah guided you to the truth. What a beautiful blessing. By the way, nothing in this world compares to that blessing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Not, not, no mansions. Nothing. You know, nothing. No worldly blessing could be compared to such a blessing as being a Muslim. Why? Because this blessing helps you in this life to navigate this life and helps you in the hereafter to secure your end in the hereafter, where you're going to be.
Are you going to be in Jannah, in paradise, or hellfire? Being a Muslim is the deciding factor. We know this. Being a true Muslim, not just Muslim by name again. Appreciate what you have. Appreciate everything else. So appreciate being a Muslim and also appreciate everything Allah has given you. Like I said, the blessings of eating and drinking. A lot of people don't have that. Wallahi. By Allah, many people, you guys know. If you look on the, uh, you know, look it up uh, 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 on the news, you'll see that so many people don't have that privilege of eating and drinking normally. In some countries, people die from starvation. Appreciate everything you have and don't look to people or at people. Don't, and don't look and do not compare yourself to those who are more fortunate than you are. It's actually a sin to do so. Why? Because when you look at people who are more fortunate in this life, you know, who have more money or whatever, that means you are and you're comparing yourself to them and you feel, you know, envious when it comes to them. You're basically rejecting what Allah has given you and, and, and written upon you in terms of provision. You're not satisfied with Allah's provision. Now we're saying that if you cannot increase your wealth, because you're always allowed to increase your wealth as long as it's not from you know unlawful ways, as long as it's from halal ways, right? So my point is, do not compare, do not look at people who are above you in terms of like material, in terms of money, in terms of wealth, and compare yourself to them. It's not right to do so. Actually, when it it's it should be the opposite. Like I just told you like uh, a few minutes ago, look at people who are less fortunate than you and say, Alhamdulillah, thank God that I have what I have. That is called contentment and that's what a Muslim should be, content. You know? You should be content with everything that Allah has given you. Yeah, try to better yourself. There's no one stopping you from doing that. Again, as long as it's from lawful ways. But when you are when you reach a certain level and you feel like you can't, uh, 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 you know, better yourself financially or whatever, do not compare yourself to people who have more wealth than you are. Appreciate what you have. Number two, and this is key, and this is again this 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 applies on everyone who feels like they're they're distant from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Knowledge. Knowledge is the most important aspect of our religion. Allah tells you, learn, learn, learn. Knowledge regarding our religion. This is the best type of knowledge you can ever obtain. Be more knowledgeable. And because being knowledgeable will make you navigate hard times will make you understand that when something bad happens to you, how to deal with it, you know, because Allah told us how to deal with it many times, and you're only going to know it through knowledge. Also, knowledge tells you what to do when you feel empty from the inside. When you feel that you have no emotions, when you don't feel anything special when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or when it comes to praying or when it comes... Uh, actually, when you gain knowledge, you'll know how to address this and how to fix it. You don't believe me. Okay, let's talk about it now. 
and we're going to get it from the sources of knowledge. Number one, Allah tells us that we have to know where we came from and we have to know our purpose of life. Because without knowing your purpose, you'll never ever be satisfied with yourself. What you are born into this world, you work, you live, you have a family, then what? And that causes depression and that causes us to be emotionless when it comes to our religion. When you don't fully understand your purpose, and how would you know your purpose? From the Quran and the Sunnah. It's from knowledge. Knowing the purpose of life is a product of knowledge. It's a product of knowledge. It's that simple. When you find out that our purpose in life is to be tested, is to cross that temporary bridge called life, called dunya, then a lot of things will look clear to us. Why do we have to do this? Why do we have to pray five times a day? Because Allah told us so. Because praying five times a day gets us close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because when we want to ask Allah for something sincerely, yes, you can ask Allah while, while you're not praying, but it's better to ask Allah when you're praying and showing humility. When you're doing sujood, when you're doing prostration, Allah accepts. You're the closest, closest to Allah when you are in prostration. That comes from knowledge. How did we know that? Knowledge. When you're reciting Allah's words while praying, and when you know why you're praying, you're praying to please Allah, number one, because Allah asked you to do so. So you're trying to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fulfill your, His commands, and you're trying to connect with Allah. You have five times a day to connect. Who does this? You have five times a day to directly be in the presence of Allah. Allah looks at you when you pray. Straight up looks at you when you're praying. Of course, when you're doing khushur. Khushur meaning when you're pl- praying in discipline. Not when you're, you know, praying and you're not caring that much. Or you're distracted by other stuff. When you're praying in discipline, Allah looks at you. It's a type of honor that we get from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're connecting with your Lord. You're asking Him for anything. And it cleanses our spirit. Being just this five-minute prayer, every single prayer, 25 minutes a day, just to be just you on Allah, and you're reciting Allah's words, the words that He brought upon us, you're reciting those words, and you're in your zone, you are very disciplined, it makes you, without knowledge, you don't know. And here's the thing, people who pray and don't feel anything, because you don't know what you're saying. You do, not un- you do not understand the Qur'an. You don't know the meaning of the verses you're reciting. Again, because you're lacking knowledge. You're lacking knowledge. If you're reciting a verse in, verses or a chapter in the Qur'an, while you're praying and you know exactly what it means, it's like you're telling yourself a story or you're telling yourself something from the Qur'an that Allah wanted us to know. It will never be boring and you'll feel something. Without knowledge, you won't feel anything because you don't understand what's going on. You don't understand why you're praying. And when you're praying, you don't understand what are you reciting in the first place. Like, did you guys know, for those of you who do not know, that the, the chapter of the, the Fatiha, the first chapter, the one that's mandatory in every prayer, Al-Fatiha, 
It's all a dua to Allah. You're actually asking Allah. Can you imagine that chapter that you recite every time you pray? You're asking Allah for stuff. You're actually, this is a, a direct supplication to Allah. You're praising, you start the chapter by praising Allah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. By the name of Allah. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. You're thanking Allah. Alhamdulillah. I mean, thank Allah. And you're saying, oh merciful. Ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. The one who, you know, who uh, is the merc- merciful of all mercifuls, right? Maliki Yawmiddin, the one who owns the Day of Judgment, the King of the Day of Judgment. We cannot worship anyone but you, and we cannot seek anyone, anyone's help but you, Allah. Look at the dua now. Now you're you're supplicating. Now you're asking Allah. Oh Allah, guide us to the straight path. That path that you only give to the blessed ones. We don't want to be from those that you're angry with, and we do not want to be from those who are misguided. Amin. You end the chapter by saying Ameen it's a dua it's a straight up dua of course the word Ameen you won't find it in the Quran it's not part but the response to that always Ameen when you when you uh, when you are praying it's you're saying Ameen to that dua you're saying Amen basically that chapter is a dua you're, you're asking Allah praising Allah first and asking him to guide you and keep you on a straight path that simple when you recite that, you should feel something because you understand now where is this coming from. And when you also know the blessings of reciting the Qur'an that Allah actually responds to you, and Allah says, my slave, my servant is asking me for something, while you're reciting it, by the way, and I will give it to them. That puts another perspective to the whole reciting Surah Al-Fatiha during praying. That you know that Allah responds to you, not metaphorically. Allah actually responds to those who recite the chapter at the moment. It's live response. You just don't hear it. But the angels do. So you tell me. Once you know, you need to know. Gain knowledge. Gain knowledge. And it will change your heart. The Prophet wasallam, and this is a beautiful hadith. Beautiful hadith that the Prophet says, Inna atqaqum wa a'lamukum billah huwa ana. I am the most fearful of Allah and knowledgeable of Allah. Why did the Prophet combine these two things? Why did the Prophet say, Inni atqaqum, I'm the one who fears Allah the most, and a'lamukum, and I'm the one who knows Allah the most, who have knowledge of Allah the most? Because you cannot fear Allah. When you don't have knowledge You need knowledge to fear Allah properly The right way that he should be feared The healthy way Without knowledge you won't know The Prophet combined these two words for a reason Knowledge is key The student of knowledge Those who seek knowledge Those who give people knowledge are praised by every single creation Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created, except for human beings, of course, because they have the freedom of choice. But anything else, fish in the water, animals, trees, mountains, they praise that person who's seeking knowledge and giving it at the same time. 
You should be in constant state of gaining knowledge. I'm giving you, alhamdulillah, Allah bless me with sharing my knowledge with you guys through this podcast, right? But this podcast also pushes me to gain more knowledge. Every time before I come and sit down and talk to you guys, I research. I do my research, find out from the books of Quran and, the, uh, and Sunnah what I need to do, today's topic. You know, it's important. Knowledge is key. It's everything. And knowledge will change entire nations. Entire nations will be changed by knowledge. And it will change your heart. Once you understand, you will feel something. You'll never feel emotional towards something you do not understand. When you gain knowledge, you'll know how to ask Allah for stuff. And how to be patient when you don't get it. Once you gain all this, don't wait for, you know, for yourself to feel something. It will happen naturally. But you need to do your part. You need to do your part. Knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. The most powerful thing in this world is knowledge. I'm not even categorizing it what thing. It's the most powerful thing, period, in this world. Because it helps you to navigate this world, and it helps you to navigate the after as well. The hereafter. And I'll end up uh, uh, today's episode with a verse from the Quran to prove to you, to everyone, that when you feel like you don't feel anything, this is addressed in the Quran very explicitly and that that's and that's what i'm saying knowledge if you understand those verses from the quran you'll know how to address your situation and allah says in the chapter of hadith alam ya'ni lil ladina amanu an takhsha qulubuhum li dhikrillah wa ma nazala min al-haqq wa la yakunu kalladhina utu al-kitaba min qabl allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying in these verses isn't it time for those who received the guidance from Allah, who received the book Al-Kitab, to have more disciplined hearts, to have more fear in their, heart, in their hearts, when they mention Allah? You guys have the book, but you did not care to understand it. You did not care to feel it. Isn't it time for your hearts to soften a little bit when you read the book of Allah? Because previous nations also received the book of Allah and nothing happened. And Allah is telling us, do not be like those previous nations. Allah saying Those people who received the book before They were not learning from it They don't have knowledge They didn't practice it Nothing Their hearts hardened It became immune to emotions See that's what you guys are complaining about right That's what we're all complaining about sometimes Their hearts hardened No emotions and they became oppressors because they feel nothing. Look at this. The following verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what? Rest assured that Allah 
revives earth when it dies. You know, sometimes when you know in the, in the winter time, when you see plants dying because of the winter time, and you see certain, you know, soil and parts of the earth, they look dead. There's no water in it. It's very dry. Starting from the spring, you see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, reviving these plants and these flowers. You know, all the trees, where, where, when, the, when, when the leaves fall, now we see it again. It's alive. Allah revives earth. Don't you think about this miracle? Allah revives earth after it dies a certain time, you know, in a certain period uh, of the year. I'm mentioning these signs so you could think about it. Use your minds. Okay, why would Allah give us the example of reviving earth? Because Allah is saying, even if your hearts are hardened, there is hope for you. This is a message of hope right here. Allah is capable of giving you feelings. Allah is capable of making you feel something after you thought you are dead from the inside. You feel nothing towards the religion. You feel nothing towards Allah. Allah could still like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revives earth after it dies, Allah could revive your heart. But you have to think about how. Do your best. Do what you have to do and Allah will revive it. Don't worry about the results. This is what Allah is telling us. It's beautiful. Look at Allah's profound way of giving us examples. He's giving you hope. Allah revives earth after it dies and Allah could revive your heart after you thought it died. By you know, feeling nothing. Allah could make you feel something but all you have to do and that goes back to the connection. Same verse. Connection. You have to learn the book. Gain knowledge. Understand more about your religion. Understand more about Allah. And how things work. Knowledge is key and Allah is telling us to gain knowledge. And again, if it wasn't for knowledge, I wouldn't be able to explain these verses to you. We wouldn't be able to know what Allah wants to tell us from these verses. But because of knowledge and the blessing of knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given us, we are able to interpret the religions from the correct sources. And now we'd be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. All right, we can work on it. How would you work on it? Again, from knowledge. Allah told you everything that you could use. Allah gave you every single advice and command that will make you live a great life in this life and a beautiful eternal life in the afterlife. Allah did what he promised us, given us knowledge and given us the guidance, the manual to navigate this life to the hereafter. So we can have a better hereafter. Allah given us that manual as he promised. It's up to us now. It's like, you know, the teacher is bringing, giving you a book. And I'm not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not comparing Allah to a teacher, but I'm just giving you in this worldly example. A teacher comes to you and gives you a book and says, the test will come from this, from this book. Read it. This book will contain the answers to all of the tests. All the questions in the test... The answers will be in this book. Now, it's up to you. Do you want to use the book or are you going to be lazy and you don't care? And then you complain that you failed the test. Allah kept his promise. Allah always keeps his promise. And he kept his promise by 
given us guidance, given us the book, given us the Prophet ﷺ who explained and interpreted the book for us. And added stuff coming from Allah so it makes our lives easier. But if we don't care, we don't care. If we're lazy, we're lazy. But don't blame Allah for not feeling anything. Don't blame Allah for not being, to, for not being able to navigate life. Don't blame Allah, and this is a big one, for failing the test in life and failing in the hereafter. Allah did more than you can ever imagine to get us safely through this life to the hereafter. It's that simple. I hope that I answered uh, your question, uh, uh, Sukaina. And for those of you who you know are struggling or know someone who is struggle who is struggling with that with this issue, uh, I hope that you guys found an answer uh, in today's episode. And may Allah Subhanahu wa Taala accept from all of us. Thank you so much for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.